Hi, everyone. Welcome back to SEL Convergence. We are back again for your regularly scheduled programming. And uh, once again, we have someone with us who brings an expertise that Tom and I don't have and lends just such a wonderful perspective to our typical topics of SEL and education and all of the things that that entails and brings together for us. So Tom, why don't you take it away and introduce us to our new guest? Mike, thanks so much for producing again. Thanks so much for making this happen. I am absolutely thrilled to have a dear, dear old friend. Dennis Talon is with us from the beautiful state of Colorado, where he gets to sit in that gorgeous environment and think wonderful thoughts. And then is, is uh, I remember in 1990, uh, sitting in your brother's basement, <laughs> thinking and learning about the Enneagram for the first time in my life. And it captivated me then. And now our subsequent conversations, as you and I have renewed our friendship, it continues to captivate me. And I can't wait for my education friends to hear about the Enneagram. Uh, everyone, this is Dennis Talon. Dennis, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. It's good to, good to be back with you, Tom. So if you can take just a moment, Dan, and uh, share with our, our, our listeners your background, your history, particularly that in education, and then as you went into business and industry. Okay, okay. Um, I, would, uh, I graduated from St. Joe's in 68 uh, and spent 12 years actually in education and uh, was initially a high school teacher. I was a trainer and uh, was a, an executive director of an alternative school uh, that was part of the Delaware County Intermediate Unit. Left the education arena in 1980, and for the last 40 plus years have been working uh, pretty exclusively in organizations. Uh, when people ask me what I do, uh, the easiest way to describe it is primarily I am an executive coach and I work uh, in the areas of leadership uh, and development. And that's really, uh, that's really the focus of my work today and has been for the last 40 years. Now, later on in our conversation, Dan, I definitely want to come back to this executive coach idea and connect that and your Enneagram work to school administrators. Sure. But can you give our listeners just a, a brief history on the Enneagram? It, I'm, I'm guessing it may be very new for most of our listeners. Yeah, the Enneagram as a model, as a system, has, um, has actually a rich history. I don't want to go too much into uh, the, the history of it. Uh, the two people that I think are most responsible for bringing the Enneagram model and wisdom uh, to the world uh, are a gentleman by the name of Oscar Chazo who was really from South America and worked with the Arica Institute. And then the person who really had the most influence uh, was a man named Claudio Naranjo, who was part of the Esalen Institute. And it was in the seventies that he really brought it to, to the country and to the world. Uh, I would say that the first uh, major writers and presenters of the Enneagram uh, were people like Don Riso, Russ Hudson, uh, Helen Palmer, David Daniels, 
uh, Richard Rohr, Tom Condon. They were some of the major uh, writers and presenters. And then I would say uh, more recently, there's been a second generation of folks that have included uh, really uh, uh, a couple of my colleagues, uh, Mario Sakura, who along with my brother Bob wrote a, an excellent uh, Enneagram book called Awareness to Action. And others include Tom Condon. And uh, if I could be so, so bold as to say for the last 30 years, I have been using any, the Enneagram in organizations. So it's, it's been around a while, it's weathered the test of time, it's an elegant model and um, has applications in every area, whether it's parenting, healthcare, spirituality, the arts, business, education, psychotherapy, it's, it's really being applied in just about every, every uh, discipline. I find it immensely rich, and you, you use the word elegant, so uh, the styles, the nine different styles in the Enneagram, can you give us an overview of those? Sure, sure. A couple things before I actually speak to those. Uh, I think, um, so Enneagram is a Greek word, basically means nine, Ennea means nine, gram means model or, or, or diagram. And it, it, it describes nine views of the world, nine motivations nine answers to the question, why I do what I do. And what's important, uh, Tom, is to uh, understand that all of us have all nine styles in us. And at the same time, one of these styles has kind of become uh, our go-to. In our, in our work, we call it uh, the strategy that we use to take care of our feelings, our thoughts, and our behaviors. Uh, so, as I often say, we're all nine, but we can't be two. And that's why it's important to try and land on one of them, because once we've done that, that's when we can really begin to use uh, the model in, in an effective way. I've used personality systems throughout my career, was a Myers-Briggs guy before this, um, and, and other models. And I came upon the Enneagram probably 30 plus years ago. And it has, it is just, uh, it, it, it's a deeper understanding of who we are. It identifies our strengths, um, it, our gifts, uh, and equally important, it really helps us identify what our challenges are. Mm-hmm. What are those things that get in our way um, and, and, and our blind spots? And what's important is uh, we often don't want to think that uh, much of what we do is unconscious or, or, or on automatic pilot, and yet in reality, it really is. And what the Enneagram has done, I think, more than anything else I've worked with, is it, it really awakens uh, us to those unconscious, uh, automatic behaviors uh, that get in our way, and also identify the strengths that we have. So it's a map. It's, it's a way of maneuvering, if you will, through the world and helping us understand really a way, and this is important, I think, a way out of the box. Some folks, uh, as I'm sure you know, Tom, uh, people, when they're exposed to systems, they'll say, oh, you're, you're, don't, don't tell me I'm, I'm, I'm a number. Don't put me in a box. And the reality is, whether we like it or not, is we really are. We really are focusing 
our ways of thinking, feeling, and behaving in kind of this unconscious automatic way. So by discovering our, our tendencies, it's really a way out of the box. It opens us up to really accessing all of these nine wonderful aspects of ourselves. Um, so the way out of the box is, is really true. So if you look at, at the nine styles, um, a real brief uh, uh, evaluation, I would say starting with point one. Point one is, is, is really the perfectionist. It goes by the name of the moralist, the advocate. Uh, this is the person that has a desire to be flawless, to be good, mm. to feel that everything is right with themselves and the world. So this is a very kind of task oriented person. There's a lot of discipline, a lot of focus, a lot of integrity. In some organizations I work with, the one is often called the conscience mm. of the organization because there's a real sense of, of, of what is right, what is wrong. Now, as is the case in, in each of these and is, is our, our, ourselves, um, we find that when we overdo some of these strengths, they can become uh, issues. And for the one, when they overdo that striving to be perfect, if you will, what can come into play is uh, a sense of, of uh, perfectionism to, the, to a fault. So they can become somewhat critical, some, somewhat judgmental. Very quickly, uh, I was raised by a one father, and uh, maybe in a future session, we could talk about the implications of that. But having been raised by a one father, uh, I saw the good, uh, the goodness of the man, and I also saw the judgment of the man. But mm. if you're looking for someone that has a precision, uh, uh, an aspect of really understanding what needs to be done and how it needs to be done right, um, that's that's a pretty good picture of the one. Yeah, I love that integrity piece. As you're speaking, particularly right when you were giving us an overview, before you started to talk about the one, the word that kept coming to me as you talked about getting out of the box. Yes. Self-awareness. Yes. Yes. And yes. which ties ties directly back into our social emotional learning competencies. Self-awareness is our first competency. It all Absolutely. begins there. Yep. In fact, the, the, what I love about the Enneagram, and, it, and that's where it starts, Tom, it, it's, it's self-awareness. Uh, and from that comes a level of acceptance, comes a level of compassion, forgiveness for self and others. And what I have found, one of the, again, I, I'll use the word elegant probably more than once, is you begin to realize you know, there's there's really eight other views of the world, and these folks out there uh, are doing what they do best. And it's important for us to be uh, compassionate and to be understanding of these differences. The Enneagram is a wonderful diversity tool. It really shows these different perspectives in, in quite a vivid way. We're in significant need of this tool right now. Oh my gosh. We are oh in significant gosh. need right now. So. So as you're describing number one, I'm thinking to myself, well, that's not me. I'm not a perfectionist. I've, I, I, I've married to one uh, and, and it, it, it's all been great. Yes. And yeah. I'm pretty sure our oldest son is one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but okay. I'm not that. And, and uh, 
Although I'm, I, I use the first, I wasn't aware we had all nine types in us. Oh yes, 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 absolutely. And that's a, that's a, that's a very key point. Uh, they are part of who we are. They make up this map. The, the Enneagram basically is, is, is a, a nine pointed diagram. It's a, it's a triangle and it's a hexagon, hexagon encased in a circle. And the circle really represents oneness. It represents unity. And, and, and uh, each of these styles, energies, motivations are really a part of who we are. And, and we want to be able to access those okay. parts of ourselves when it's most appropriate, instead of feeling fixated or locked into one way of doing it. I love that word, access. Yeah. So number one, you've, I, I got that overview. And I'm okay. pretty clear I'm not that. So uh, <laughs> Uh, although all my You're... all my <laughs> all, all my reading and I've been immersed lately since we since you and I reconnected I've been immersed in Enneagram reading I'm pretty sure I'm a number two tell me tell us okay. about number two so so um I have a son who's a two uh the two is is uh, what we call and again when I say we I mean it's based on uh, on the book but other names for the for the two or the helper the giver, the nurturer, the caretaker. And on the other side of the fence, um, the codependent, the martyr. So yeah. this is a style that looks out into the world and looks for opportunities to connect, to, to be of service. So the desire is to be appreciated and to be deeply united with others and with their own feelings. So what you find is the two has an ability to connect, to relate to other people, to uh, they live in their feelings. Uh, we don't have the time to get into some of the other nuances of the Enneagram, but twos live in their feelings in their heart. And they're able to, to really understand and pick up that energy in other people. So as a result, they're, they're, they're wonderful at listening. They're excellent at understanding other people's points of view, other people's feelings. And in the process, they're able to provide that support, that energy. Um, uh, so, uh, you know, when we reconnected, Tom, uh, it, was, it was kind of going into that, that I believed, well, knowing Tom as I remember Tom, uh, would not be surprised if two was, uh, so to speak, home base, if you will. Yes, so yes, when yes. you shared that, that, that made sense for you. It makes sense for me, and I'm sure the people who are involved in your life and you, who you interact in both your personal and professional life feel that love, feel that connection, feel that ability to, to uh, express and show empathy and understand the feelings of others. Yeah, I, I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. I, you, uh, but I do, what, I, what I really appreciate as I listen to you, Dennis, is the, the other side of the fence, if you will. Right. And, and, and it, in true confessions, I've also played the martyr, uh, yes. particularly particularly in my youth. Yes. <laughs> uh, particularly in my young adulthood when I was out there saving the world and, and the world wouldn't cooperate with me. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Yep. So that's the two. Um, okay. Um, moving along, the three is, is, is uh, what we call striving to be um, uh, outstanding. It's also known as the motivator, the achiever, 
This is a very, uh, again, uh, strongly task-oriented person. In many ways, our culture, the United States of, of America is a three-ish culture. It's mm -hmm. about success. It's about being the best. It's about competition. Uh, it's also about trying to really make a difference. Uh, what we like to say about, about striving to be outstanding is it's the desire to kind of stand out as an exemplary member of the group and to be seen as valuable, successful, and accomplished. Yeah. So the threes of the world uh, are very good at, the, they, they tend to be somewhat type A, they're hard, uh, hard workers. There's a drive that, that threes you experience. Uh, they, the struggle for the three sometimes is there's an image aspect to the three. So in their desire to be seen, a certain way, they can spin, they can show a different aspect of themselves at times to, to be seen in, in a positive way. Mm -hmm. uh, having said that, uh, there's probably no harder worker, no style that is committed to being uh, the achiever, to, to accomplish, to be successful, and to make a difference. Uh, yeah. Um, I, 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 I was going to use some examples, but I think I'll hold off on that because it'll just kind of uh, perhaps uh, bog us down. But um, the threes of the world are, 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 are make, make a change and, 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 and are outstanding in their efforts to do that. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. And, and one thing is uh, there are what are called wings and the wings are on either side of the type. So if you're at two, okay, uh, it's very possible you'll have either a three wing uh, or a one wing. And mm. if, I don't know that we'll have time to get into that, uh, but that's kind of where, where, where they come into play. I remember reading that in, uh, in both your brother's book as well as the uh, Riso Hudson book. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So that brings us to number four. Number four. Oh, my goodness. Number four is what we call striving to be unique. Other names that are often associated with the four uh, include the individualist, the artist, uh, the romantic, the tragic romantic. Uh, my wife's daughter is a four. We have a grandson who's a four. Uh, this is a person that really has an ability to see uh, things in a different way. The four is, as again, we call it, it it's called the striving to be unique. Uh, it's the desire to be different, autonomous, creative, and to really understand and appreciate uh, their own and the special qualities of other people. There are many, many, many fours that are, that are artists, writers, musicians, poets, uh, people in the arts. Yeah. It's, it's that aspect of ourselves that is really that creative place that we experience life in a deep and meaningful way. And again, it's also uh, more from the heart, like you come from, mm -hmm. Tom. So they feel deeply. They, they have a sensitivity to how uh, they experience their own feelings and the feelings of others. So they are particularly adept at really uh, understanding that. Again, um, overdone, they can fall into uh, a sense of uh, self-absorption, if you will. Uh, the fours of the world can sometimes feel misunderstood. 
they can sometimes feel that everyone, no one understands them. No, no one understands them. No one gets them. But at the same time, it's that creativity, it's that uniqueness yeah. that, that is their gift to the world. Um, that and, ability uh, to express, that ability to take all those feelings you've been speaking about and present it in a, in yep. a product. Yep. Uh, is yep. a, it's a powerful gift. Yeah. And, and, and what you just said is, is exactly what, what they do. And, and uh, if we have any time, we'll talk about the connecting points. But the degree to which a four can take that creativity and, and that ability to see things in a different way, and they are connection, if you will, to the one, helps them get focused and disciplined. So, Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. The five, the fives of the world are um, what we call striving to, to be detached. It's mm. also called the thinker, mm. the wise man, the wise woman. Um, this is that style and the part of us that uh, likes to be autonomous, independent. Uh, we are able, to, uh, the fives are able to, to really find serenity in their thoughts. This is, this is the style, whereas you may live in your head, in your heart, the fives live in their, in their heads. And okay. um, it, they're almost a disembodied mind. The, hmm. This is, these are the folks, uh, well, I hate to, uh, I'll mention, this is Einstein, this is Edison, this is Bill Gates. These are the folks that through their, their wisdom, through their ability to understand they are passionate about knowledge, information, uh, wisdom. Uh, the, the other side of it is they can also sometimes get, get caught up uh, in their own intellectual ways. The blind spot for the one is what's called intellectual arrogance. Sometimes mm. they get caught up in their own knowledge and are, are, are not always the most humble in seeing that other people's points of views and abilities to think are just as valid as theirs. But these are the thinkers. These are the thinkers. Yeah. Of, and this is the thinker in us that we, that we want to access when we need to. You mentioned Einstein and Edison. Those are great examples of thinkers who were not very skilled relationally. <laughs> well, you bring up a very important point. And, and that's why, even though some folks over the years have struggled with our term of detached, the reality is, as fives often uh, feel most comfortable when they're alone uh, yeah. and, and, and can yeah. struggle in, in relationships at times. My sense is it's a, it's a unconscious detachment. Yes. yes. Yeah. 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 Well, and it, 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 again, I want to reinforce that many of, of the behaviors that we exhibit, uh, you know, they're unconscious. The good news about that is we don't have to think about it. And yeah. It's just automatic. The downside yeah. of it, is by it being unconscious, we're doing the good stuff, but we're also doing some of the things that get in our way. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, the six, uh, I am married to my beloved uh, wife, Donna, who is a six. The six is what we call striving to be secure. It's also called the advocate, the guardian, the devil's advocate. Mm. This is the style that desires to be safe and a part of a group. Uh, or a cause or a philosophy, uh, hmm. and they trust others. Uh, and trust is a very important piece. Uh, sixes are 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 um, uh, 
often very responsible, dutiful, conscientious. The unique difference, and this is what it really comes down to. When I say, when people want to try and figure out what they were, I say, well, what is it that drives you? Why do you do what you do? So the one and the six are what are, we call in the Enneagram lookalikes. The one is striving to be perfect. The six is striving to be secure. And the six gets that security by being both aware of other people. Who can I trust? Who are my safe advocates? Uh, and they also are very responsible and dutiful. No one uh, works harder or is more responsible than my wife. And sometimes they look like ones, but they're really sixes because what the motivation is, is not perfection, but security. Mm. So this is, this is a style that uh, is really caught up and wants to find that person, that person, that cause that provides and fulfills that sense of security and safety. Would, uh, would devotion to family be, be part of uh, six? It, it, it could be, it could be, Tom, you're actually bringing up uh, what are called uh, the instincts, which is related to self-preservation, social one-to-one, would be a wonderful other session if, okay. if there is such a desire. But okay. yes, if it, sixes are, uh, they find safety and security in their family, in their okay. church, in okay. their community, in the place they work. Yeah, yeah. Good. Thank sense. you. Thank yeah. you. The seven, the seven is actually me. The seven is what we call striving to be excited. It's called the enthusiast. It's called the inner, the entrepreneur. It's called the, uh, 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 the epicure. This is a style that wants to be stimulated, happy, enthusiastic. We look out into the world and we're looking for uh, opportunities, possibilities. We tend to be kind of seen as, at times as, as the energizer bunny. So this is the style that has a tremendous amount of positive energy. They, they, they want to uh, embrace the world. They present that positivity to, to the world in pretty much everything they do. Um, and uh, in fact, my wife, Donna, calls me her antidepressant because she's still, <laughs> she's still waiting for the first time she ever sees me down. <laughs> because the seven is, 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 tends to be a pretty positive person. The other side of it is, it is in our desire to maintain that positivity. Sometimes we can call, get caught up in excess, gluttony, mm. uh, and that can get in our way. That can mm. get in our way. Uh, so, um, and I'm, I'm sure over the years, uh, you've experienced being, uh, in, in that way. Well, what I'm thinking about as soon as you say the entrepreneur, I'm just looking at your journey. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Educator, then, then moving to alternative education, yeah. which clearly is a small percentage of educators that would move in that direction. Yeah. And then uh, in some ways, leaving education, but in some ways not. You, you have been an oh. educator your whole life. You just transferred it to a and an, an organizational perspective. Yeah, and I think when we talked before, Tom, I when I made the transition from education to what I would say the private sector, uh, what I realized is it, there was really no difference because what we're talking about is relationships. We're talking about people. So whether it's teacher-student, 
whether it's principal a team, whether it's boss subordinate, uh, the skills are the same, the awarenesses are the same. It's just a different venue. And uh, the last 40 years of my life have been very entrepreneurial. I've been self-employed pretty much along with some colleagues along the way. Uh, but it's that independent, uh, I want to be able to do my own thing and do it in a positive way that I think drives the sevens. Yeah. Um, the eight I, is, go ahead. No, I, I, guess I, I definitely want to get back to this connection to schools, administrators, oh, yeah. teachers, yep. so forth. But please go on with the eight. Yeah, let me, let me, let me uh, finish up with the last two. The eight is, is what we call striving to be powerful. It's also called um, uh, the, the boss, uh, the, the big kahuna. This is, this is the most assertive position. It is that part of us that really uh, is willing to take risks to, to, to push the mountain. Uh, eights are, have a desire to be strong, to take action, to be able to express their will and their power and their vitality. So eights have that uh, a, a real um, energy, power to make a difference. Uh, the eights of the world, if they're healthy, uh, can really make a significant difference. Uh, they are risk takers. They are willing to push whatever needs to be pushed to make a difference. Again, as is the case with all of these, when the when the eight overdoes that that striving to be powerful or 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 uh, assertiveness, they can they can be bullies. They can be uh, too aggressive. They can it's it's kind of like fire ready aim. Uh, yeah. and, and and you got to be ready for them when they when they take those, uh, uh, move that, that energy. Um, a healthy eight is, is a magnanimous leader, is a magnanimous father, partner, uh, principal, you name it. Uh, but this is without a doubt that part of ourselves that really allows us and gives us permission to take some of those risks and move against the fear and move against the anxiety and the worry that we might have. An eight doesn't tend to have too much that they worry about. They just they just move forward until someone tells them to stop. Hmm. Um, Bit of last, a bulldozer. They're the bulldozer. Yeah, they're the bulldozer. The healthy and uh, the, 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 there's a healthy bulldozer, and then there's the unhealthy bulldozer, and that can that can sometimes be the bully. Hmm. Um, the last style is is the nine, and that's what we call the peacemaker, the harmonizer. Uh, the nines of the world are, are those that have an uncanny ability to really see uh, the beauty in, 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 every, in everything and every one. Uh, they desire to, to be at peace with the world uh, and other people. Uh, and there's a sense of calm. Uh, there's a relaxed persona uh, to the nine. The nines look out into the world and they really do have uh, it's interesting. I have, I think, four or five uh, colleagues that are that are that are uh, um, uh, that know the Enneagram are lawyers, and they're all negotiators. They're, right. they're all able to really bring together diversity, different sides of a situation, uh, and it it plays out in the workplace in the work I do. If you have a nine on the team, you have somebody who who says, you know what. Tom, what you have to say is really important. And let me see if I understand it. Dennis, Mike, 
everybody's perspective is incorporated and included in a situation. The downside um, of the nine is sometimes they lose themselves in their desire to see everybody else's position except mm. their own. So they can they can question at times their own value and 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 mm. they can be at times passive aggressive because they're uh, the, the the nines will say um, the nines sometimes say yes when they mean no. So uh. there's a certain energy uh, in their desire to maintain that peace and energy can can get in their way. So in in many respects. Uh, what's important and what I want to really emphasize is that there really are elements of each of these uh, strengths and these gifts in us. Uh, we have found a way to find one of them that we think is the only way that we can be and operate. And the, and the reality is, is what we want to do is we want to realize that when it's time to be that to use you when it when it's time for me to be that empathizer and, and really be attentive to my wife when she's had a hard day uh, seeing clients. It's it's it, I'll say to myself, I need to move to my two. I need okay. to listen. I need to be empathetic. So um, does that does that give us a quick? That synapse? gives us a wonderful overview. Can we now shift a little bit to our audience? <laughs> Which, yes. is, which is education, which you yep. come from, yep. which you are still doing every day, even though it's in the private sector. Yep. And Mike, I want you to feel comfortable to jump in here at any point, Mike. Is Mike, is this the first time you're hearing the Enneagram? Yeah, yeah. It's not something that I was familiar with before today, to be honest. So it's, it's, it's interesting to start um, taking what I've seen, whether it's students, colleagues, and like start it to, to pull those similarities from what you're describing. Yeah, it's pretty neat. So let me let me tell a little story, and I shared this with Tom. I mentioned earlier, I'm I'm 75, uh, uh, and when I graduated in '68, uh, my first four years were were as a high school teacher, uh, and um, I I look back now, and I realize had I known that I was a seven. And had I known that my desire for excitement and, 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 and uh, fun and differences, it would have impacted me and my understanding of how I taught. And even more importantly, which is really what are, where I see uh, the aspect of the Enneagram having a, 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 an important part in education, I would have realized looking around in that classroom that there were nine precious beings, nine different personalities, nine different learning styles. And I'm sure for some of those, when I think back about, because I, in my lifetime, uh, that energy and enthusiasm of my sevenness has sometimes been too much for people. And, and I know probably the fives and the nines, those those people in that classroom probably thought, good Lord, lower the volume and, and be a little bit more relaxed, will you? But I would have been a different teacher. I would have acknowledged these different personalities and I would have modified my presentation. I would have modified my design. I would have modified how I taught 
because I would have really, because what we tend to do is we tend to see in others a, a reflection of ourselves. Sure. You as a good too, Tom, you yeah. see the importance and the value of tunis and and yeah. and yes it would be wonderful if more of us were listeners and 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 and, and, and tied to our hearts uh, but we tend to think well why wouldn't everybody want to be excited and and and, and lighthearted and fun loving so i really have had many thoughts when i think back and, and when i went into training the same thing there's different learning styles and it would have really really impacted my ability to understand others in a more accepting, compassionate, uh, and really uh, powerful way. Uh, not, not only would it help all of us from the teaching perspective, but it would also help us from the intervention perspective. Absolutely. When we need to help a child behaviorally, we need, we need to help them academically, to know what their type is, to know their style, uh, we can we can modify and meet them where they are. Absolutely, absolutely. And and when you delve deeper into the enneagram, you realize that that each style has its own way of communicating, its own motivations. And if I want to, if I want to communicate and be able to connect to a one, it's going to be a little different than a two or a five or a seven. And that awareness is really, really helpful. It's, mm -hmm. it's really, really helpful. If, if you're, and, and, and I guess I, the other thing, uh, which I think is really helpful and important, is most of my work in, is in organizations. And uh, it's building teams. It's, 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 it's providing uh, coaching and leadership development and I'm, I'm thinking of the principal, I'm thinking of the, the head, uh, the, 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 the leader of a department. And uh, I have yet to find a more powerful tool than uh, hypothetically, if I'm the principal uh, of a high school, uh, whatever school, and I know what my style is, and my teachers know what my style is, and the teachers know what each other's style is, I can guarantee you the level of creativity, uh, the, cre the level of creating uh, uh, programs uh, and understanding each other's strength, minimizing each other's challenges is significant. Uh, when I'm working with teams and everyone knows their style, uh -huh. it's a different, it's a different experience. So explore something experience. with me. Let's sure. say let's say we have a superintendent that is uh, knowledgeable, somewhat excited about the Enneagram. Okay. And he says, uh, you know, Dennis Talent, I want you to come in and I want you to work with me and all the administrators in my school district, all the central office administrators, all the building administrators. W what does that beginning process look like to, to get them ready? And what might that day, uh, that first day of training look like? Uh, gosh, um, what I would do uh, with uh, in the education field is exactly what I do in my work. The first, it's a very clear, it's almost a fail-safe process. The first thing people do is they take an assessment. 
they get feedback, they get data, and they get information about how the nine styles play out for themselves. And it's not at all uncommon that there may be a dominant style that surfaces, or they may have three, four styles that are clustered at the top. Um, what, but but it, at least what it does, it gives them an exposure to the model. Then what I do is I have folks uh, get, get my brother and Mar Bob and Mario's book, the Awareness to Action, and I have them read uh, the intro, chapter one, and typically the, the, the first two or three chapters that correspond to their primary styles. And a couple of other examples in the book. So they've prepped themselves coming into the experience. They've gone through the assessment. They've done some reading. So it's not, ter it's not brand new to them. And then what I do uh, is I go through the model. I, I take them through the Enneagram system. Uh, I explain the different styles in a much deeper, uh, obviously, uh, detail than we just went through. I talk about the connecting points. And, and, and again, uh, it, it is clearly one of the elegant aspects of, of the Enneagram. Uh, and they get a sense of themselves. They get a sense of each other. And what usually results from that is it creates a profile. So the superintendent, um, you know, he or her, his or her style is clear. The administrators, the people that are part of this team, that are part of this, this, this um, um, you know, district are identified. And we go through an experience where people share their strengths, their gifts, what do they bring uh, to the team, what do they bring to the, the education system? And equally important, where do they get, where, where are their challenges? What are their blind spots? And, and, the, blind, and, the, and the Enneagram unlocks their blind spots. And uh, I can only tell you from using this, when people become, when a one becomes aware of their judgment and criticism, it changes their life. Uh, when, you know, when a, when a three becomes aware that they can get caught up in spinning and being inauthentic, it can, it can shed new light on them. So it's an experience that people go through. And honestly, uh, and I think part of it is, is the Enneagram itself. Part of, part of it is, I think, probably my energy and enthusiasm. I've never presented the Enneagram where people have not seen it as a viable model of, of self-awareness, cooperation, collaboration, and diversity. It just, it, it has a life of its own after that. I love what you're saying. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you're aware, just in the past paragraph, you said the word awareness three times. <laughs> it, it, it really, and it's so important to me personally yeah. and important to our work with schools and social emotional learning. Yeah. Everything begins with self-awareness. So if our, if our listeners want to go for a, a really authentic quality assessment, where would you direct them? Well, I would say they could, um, there's a couple. Uh, the one I tend to use is called the Ready, which stands for RISO uh, Hudson Enneagram Type Indicator. They would go to the Enneagram Institute, 
They would basically take an online assessment, uh, cost 12 bucks, uh, and it gives them a printout of their nine scores and an extensive amount of information and literature to read um, that is really invaluable. I've found it to be, it is probably, well, it isn't probably, it is the most used throughout the world. It, it, and that's the other thing. The Enneagram is a, is a world uh, system. It, it, um, the other thing is, is and I could send you uh, these, uh, Tom, is what's called Ennea app, which has actually been developed by a good friend of mine. And that can be done right on their, 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 um, their phone. It's free. So there's a couple of really good uh, ways for someone. I suggest one of those two. I do not suggest people just going uh, and, and inputting uh, the Enneagram into their computer because, uh, because it is a universal model and system. There could be there could be information that may just not be as valid and as relevant right. as as the as the information that I would suggest that people uh, access. And you've mentioned your brother Bob's book. Could you give us that title again? Yeah, the the title is Awareness to Action, uh, and it incorporates the Enneagram, emotional intelligence, and uh, a change model. Uh, and it has weathered the test of time. It's an easy read. It was written uh, primarily as an alternative uh, and focuses more organizations, whether that organization is a school, is a, is a company, is a corporation, is a church. Uh, because many people learn the Enneagram uh, through their church, through therapy. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a different way. Uh, but the the awareness to action book is is really well written. It's easy to read. It's held up over time. I think it was first published in 2004, revised in 2006. Uh, it's a, it's a good book. There's other books out there. I mean, you and I know that the, probably the best book ever written was uh, written by Riso Hudson called the the Wisdom of the Enneagram. I love beautiful, it. Beautiful, love it. A, a beautiful. Uh, uh, and everything, all aspects of the Enneagram are incorporated in that. So, so before we before we say goodnight, Dennis, are you ever uh, interested in working with a school district if they were excited about the Enneagram? <laughs> uh, uh, how do I want to answer that? Uh, because of because of you, Tom. Uh, you know. You said it earlier. I see myself as an educator, as a teacher, as a trainer, more than anything else. And my passion, my passion in life uh, is really introducing the Enneagram to as many people as I can before I before I hit 105. Um, <laughs> so if there was interest, if there was a desire uh, with a group of educators that they'd love to uh, be introduced to this model, I would welcome the opportunity. It Wonderful. would, it would be fun. It would Wonderful. be fun. Uh, and, and I think they would find it a, a tremendous value. Well, really I'm going to try to find a way for you to teach one of our graduate courses. Okay. Okay. Well, we've talked I, about that. I want to make yeah. that happen. I think that would be a lot of fun. And I think it would be wonderful to collaborate with you and, and, and get my toes uh, wet again in, in the whole education system. I would love it.
I would love it. Dennis, thank you so much for our time together today. Mike, thank you so much for producing. We can't do this without you, sir. Yep. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, of course. And yep. it was wonderful to be a part of this conversation. I'm hoping everyone that was listening is able to take something away from the conversation and hopefully it'll help you in your practice and your everyday life. Dennis, if someone was interested in learning about more about the work that you do, where would the where would you point them to take a look at that? Um, I guess the easiest place would just be to go to my website, which is um, talentconsultinggroup.com. Uh, that would give folks a, a sense of, of my work and also my focus. Uh, and there's information in there around the Enneagram. Um, so that would, that would probably be the easiest place to go. That's wonderful. Thank you for sharing yeah. that. Uh, yeah. And I'll make sure that that is linked in our show notes so okay. everyone can check that out. And until next time, keep doing the great work that you've got going. It's wonderful. Thank Thanks you again, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you, Mike.